Hello and welcome to the Contestiva podcast. I'm Tatiana Wright. Joining me today is intuitive medium Amy White. Amy is also an international bestselling author and a highly sought after speaker. She has spent more than 20 years working with both Fortune 100 companies and small to medium sized businesses. As an intuitive medium, Amy's mission is to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truths, and thrive. Welcome, Amy. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, people always want to know, what's a medium? <laughs> Can I do this? Is it real? Do mediums talk to ghosts? So I thought we would just uh, have a very simple explanation to what a medium is and who or what it is you commune with before talking about everything else. Sure, absolutely. So in the mediumship work that I do, which is just one element of the offerings that I have, I am connecting into souls who've crossed over into the non-physical or souls that were once living here, you know, in a human body that are now in, a, in only a soul ex experience. Um, and it is, uh, it's a beautiful way that I get to do my work because while I'm channeling, um, I am really dialing up these, um, these transition souls and bringing them through to communicate with their loved ones, their friends, you know, people who want to communicate and connect to them even after their passing. You have always had a very strong intuition that guided you in your professional corporate life for many years, but it was the catalyst for change um, with your own son personally that truly acknowledged or I guess opened the doorway for you to acknowledge your gifts, right? Because I, I love how you you have in the past described yourself as a reluctant medium. So can you share how this experience opened you up, the experience with your son opened you up to trusting the universe and this, yeah. this inner guidance essentially? Yes, absolutely. It was really one of the big pivotal um, shifting points for me on my personal journey. So back in 2011, my uh, son who was 16 at the time, uh, went into a very deep, very scary, for all of us, both of us, uh, mental health breakdown. And um, what ended up being a two-year journey of hospitalizations and treatments and suicide attempts and facilities and uh, you name it, we, we rode this very long, arduous journey together. But very early on, after, you know, the first couple of weeks of really fighting against what was happening, because I just, of course, didn't want it to be happening to my son or me for that matter. I started to really take the time to connect deeper, like reach into my toolbox and pull my meditation tools and, and some of the you know, prayer and, and chanting and yoga and all of those things into play. Because I realized that if I didn't take care of myself, I couldn't show up for him. But as I began to do that, I also recognized that there were not a lot of people talking about mental health in regards to mental health in children, and especially parents of children or young adults that were experiencing mental health challenges. And that was, that was really the turning point for me that led to my comfort level in talking about all things woo-woo that I do um, is that I realized that I, I needed to talk about it. 
And I needed to not talk about it in a complaining manner, but talk about it in an awareness manner and an advocacy manner. And as I spoke, I realized so often how it made people uncomfortable. And yet I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I needed to be talking about it. And actually that's what led from some, sort of my personal experience to the blog. I started a blog because I realized that there were lots of parents out there in so many situations similar to mine, and they weren't finding someone to talk to, mm -hmm. or just even hearing personal stories that they could resonate with and know that they weren't alone. And it really was kind of this, this pre-paving of the work that I do now, because I do a lot of talking about things that make people uncomfortable. And I do a lot of writing about those things, you know, really raw, real, I call them truth bombs, you know? Yeah. Like this is the real talk. Like, let's just call it what it is, whether it's emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. And, um, and it really was because of this experience with my son that I was able to more confidently step into the role here in the intuitive mediumship work that I do um, with, with a level of just knowing that even if my voice shook sometimes, speaking my truth was so important for my own journey, but also then for those seeking some deeper understanding of their journey. Mm. And also for your son, right? Because it was interesting what ended up coming up for him too, that he needed to also be on his own path in yes. tandem with you. So I think that's a really beautiful thing that came out of this while you were figuring it out for yourself. This guidance came and guided you to support him in a really unique way. Yes. Yes. One of the biggest turning points for me as I was going through this experience mm -hmm. with my son was that I came to I want to call it the realization, but it was so deeply guided. It was such a deep download for me of the fact that this was his journey and his path. And I, I had so much resistance to it because I'm like, I'm his mother and it's my job to make sure that he's safe and taken care of. And well, of course those things are true. It was in the, the deeper knowing that he, while I had this inner being that was guiding me, he also had an inner being and has an inner being that was guiding him. Yeah. And it, when I was able to really release the control and, and tell him, you know, and, and, and I love this about my son because we have such a deep, um, uh, open relationship. And I just said to him, you know what? You really do know and have the knowing inside of you to do what you need to do to take care of yourself in spite of or because of these circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I trust that you have that connection to your inner being that will lead the way. Yeah. And That's it really was a turning point for him as well, because he was able to, I could see the shift in him. It was, it was like for the first time he felt empowered to have some level of say over his experience in a way that he hadn't felt leading up to that. Yeah. But boy, it was scary. I mean, the human side of me, the mom side of me, I was, it was, it was the most terrifying thing to let go of that control. But also I kept being reminded by my, so my inner being, you know, source wisdom that I'm not the general manager of the universe. 
it's not, you know, my responsibility to make sure he does his path a certain way. Yeah. It's my responsibility to let him have the space to explore his path. Yeah. Mm. It's so powerful. Yeah, so powerful and so beautiful. And was that was that really that those years? Was that when you first encountered or were introduced to the greater consciousness or had you already known them? I feel like it's it's really hard to say and part of it is because as I look back over my life, I always knew that there was something a little bit oh call it different about me. But because it was so much who I was, that it wasn't until I started meeting resistance from other people that I realized, ooh, maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you know, I'm not normal. So I think the greater consciousness in whatever uh, configuration, uh, you know, energy-wise, uh, they have taken over the years, uh, they have been with me. Um, but I started to really tap into and, and accept my... In, it, my gift is intuition and not just this good instinct, this gut sense. Cause that's how I described it in my corporate life. You know, Oh, I was just had this great gut sense and I could make split second decisions. And they always turned out the way that I could see them in my mind. But it wasn't until I started to realize and probably around my um, mid to late twenties that this really was something deeper than just gut sense. It mm. was this connection to what I called originally my intuition, which is, is part of it, of course. Yeah. Um, and over the years since then, it's just been morphing and morphing until a, a few years ago, finally, this, this source of energy that I was channeling said, you know, we really would like you to call us by name. And up until that point, I hadn't, it didn't really matter to me. Like I trusted so much the wisdom that was coming through that it didn't matter what the name of it was, but they actually were the ones that said, we want you to start calling us by name. And this is the name, the greater consciousness mm. um, that, we, that we want to be called. So it's really, it's kind of been a magical unfolding. It, it totally is a magical unfolding. And I think um, people, listeners might, will probably want to know, how can we embrace our intuition? And, um, and is, can everybody be a medium, do you think? I do think so. I do. I mean, I do think so. I, um, I would say that, to, I guess, to answer the first question, for me, what I've learned and what I've been shown over the years is that the biggest antenna to our inner knowing, to our intuition, is our physical bodies. Um, so often, we walk through the world completely disconnected to the vehicle that is here carrying us through, you know, day in and day out. And so as I teach people how to deepen or, or even begin the connection into their inner knowing and to hear and listen to their inner wisdom, it is in the connection through the body. And it's a very simple practice of taking the time every day to come, to come home to the physical body, to acknowledge it, and then to start to form a relationship with it. it not, not, the relationship that many of us have with our bodies, which is, tends to be more confrontational, like, you know, my body isn't doing this or my body is doing this, but never, not, not usually when we recognize our bodies, it's for the positive mm -hmm. reasons. 
Um, so as we start to form the relationship with our body and we come into the present moment in our physicality, it opens the gateway for us to listen deeper to our inner, inner, our inner mm. wisdom, our inner knowing. Um, but yes, we, we, all, we all have it. And, and I think every single person who's listening to the program can say, yep, there's been times in my life where there's been coincidences that were, can't, couldn't be explained but so often we either write it off or we think, well, that's fun. You know, every once yeah. in a while, this intuition comes in. But as we form that relationship, that partnership with our mm -hmm. soul knowing, it can happen more and more, you know, until it really becomes this turn-by-turn -turn navigation system that we can use yeah. for everything that we do day, you know, day by day by day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. And, and I think, uh, you know, you're describing self-love, essentially, having self-love it's it is so key and i think a lot of people misunderstand perhaps what self-love means yeah you know, yeah aspect. i would agree yeah i would agree and it's more than just like taking a bath once a week like that's an aspect of self-care but mm -hmm. self-love expands deeper than that and having um allowing oneself to appreciate all the beauty that we were born with innately yeah. you know completely completely and i would say that one of the most important reasons why we are here each one of us in this life experience is to learn to remember mm. the, the coming home to that wholeness that is us which is the soul and the human experience in the same moment you know yeah. it's not this desire to transcend the human experience to reach some higher vibration yeah. it's about really coming into wholeness connecting into that part of us that is our infinite wisdom, our, our soul wisdom, and then living life from the place of both pieces coming together. Yeah, absolutely. That was really beautifully said. Mm -hmm. so, I, so let's talk about the greater consciousness. I have a few questions around the greater consciousness. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you know, firstly, what does it mean? when you talk about the greater consciousness, and I know you have a really beautiful explanation uh, because it's not one higher being, it's almost like a collective. Yeah, that's how they present themselves to me. Okay. It feels like a group of energies that, um, the way that they describe themselves is all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that is here right now in this time and space in every living being. So in essence, they describe themselves as the infinite wisdom of, of all time, you know, like no beginning and no end to the wisdom. And the way that the, the greater consciousness connects through me as the channel is that they connect into the inner wisdom of, of the client. And so by doing that, as the messages are coming through, they're there, the greater consciousness is putting words to feelings, is validating things that the client may already have been mm -hmm. starting to sense, but they also bring forward the, the opening of the door to opportunities that might not yet even have been contemplated. But it's all this, it's, but it's coming from the inner wisdom of the soul that exists within the client, and they're just helping to bring words through me to describe it. How can we learn individually to connect with this wisdom? Because it does, as we know, it resides 
within all of us, but how can we learn to connect with this collective? And perhaps you can give some examples of turning inwards um, because not everybody practices meditation. It could be you know, doing a physical activity or being, you know, enjoying nature. Mm -hmm. and, and it actually, I will say that while I do have a meditation practice, when I feel most connected to my inner wisdom is when I'm doing something that involves movement or motion. So running, yoga, uh, walking in nature, driving my car surprisingly is one of the times <laughs> <Me too. laughs> that I get so much like just knowing, right? Just this knowing, like things will pop into my mind and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I wasn't thinking of trying to figure it out, mm. but then all of a sudden answers, sometimes to questions I wouldn't, what didn't even know I was asking pop, pop up. And it's in those times more than when I'm sitting in meditation, like in the traditional sense mm. that I feel the most connected to my inner being. Um, and it's, it's, I, I tend to look at it and, and, and my personal experience is actually kind of the basis for it, but it's the, the learning, the remembering um, how to access this inner knowing really is a practice. Mm. And it's one step, one step, one step at a time. As we were just talking a moment ago, I really do believe that the first step is to start to form this relationship with your body, come into some kind of of understanding that, you know, it is, it is a strong, you know, healthy vehicle that's moving you through the world. And then as you do that, it opens the path to connect more and more into who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what, when I talk about turning inward, it's really that acknowledging the body, mind, and spirit of each of us and, and beginning little by little by little to trust in its perfection. We don't have to feel like, oh, I have to be perfect because I think that this human experience is, is not perfect. It's far from perfect and it's designed that way. Yeah. You know, we're not striving for perfection. Mm -hmm. Perfection is when we transition to the non-physical and we, we kind of shed all of the, the contradicting contrast uh, experiences that we have here. Mm -hmm. but, the, the, but the beauty is that we can move more and more into that understanding that as, as a human and a soul at the same time, we are imperfectly perfect. And yeah. the more we can accept that and really love all of the pieces and parts of ourselves, even if we're judging them at the same time, it starts to it just starts to foster that deeper relationship. You know, it takes time. You start with a hello, you know, maybe you don't see the new person for a little bit and then you see him again and it's like, hello, you know, and then it's, how are you? And it really becomes this organic way of establishing. You can't force it, you know, this whole fake it till you make it mentality. Yeah. It doesn't apply here. If, because if you don't have a truthful connection into the loving all of who you are, the access to that inner knowing is, is more challenging. Yeah. But it's, it's still available, but it's just more challenging. And I think, you know, there's a lot of truth in that because when, when people are, I, I guess, suppose at the beginning or entry level with starting to tune into spirit, there's, there's the loving all pervading source, but there's also other entities and other 
aspects, um, other types of, of consciousness that exists in unseen realms that can sometimes influence uh, a person who might be at their beginning stage if they haven't fully embraced the love. So how can someone discern the difference between really their spirit guides, the guides that are here for us through and have traveled often through lifetimes with us and are here to support us and give us those little intuitive gut, you know, feelings uh, at, between that and say, you know, another presence, another type of yeah. uh, consciousness. Well, I think it's really important, you know, just we were talking about forming relationships and how we form relationships in the physical, right, mm -hmm. in this human experience. Yeah. One of the biggest, right, uh, uh, fostering, nurturing things that we can do when we're starting to build a relationship is to set boundaries. And what I have found is that when you set boundaries within the spiritual realm, right, it mm. all, it, it makes it so that you are in a co-creative um, space to say these this is the energy that i want to be connecting with and and anything that isn't really serving me in this moment that's my boundary you know there may be good lessons or or information or understanding that comes from other beings but i i started asking like bring forward the information through the sources that are in the highest alignment for me and mm. everything else there is there's my boundary you know and then as i am inviting in other experiences i can open the door for those experiences to come in or those energies to come in but if they don't serve me and they're just part of you know the ethers I, it doesn't need to be part of my experience. Yeah. Um, and I do very similar uh, boundary setting with, um, especially in the mediumship work that I do, because as a medium, um, if I were unaware, I could like literally legitimately be this open portal all the time for every transition soul to come to, you know, to come into contact with the yeah. human experience yeah. right, with yeah. the physical form. And so when I began my process of accepting and we, you know, we talk about me being a reluctant medium, <laughs> it was a three-year contract negotiation with source before I said, okay, I'll do this mediumship work. I was doing the intuitive work and the channeling work, but, but the, the idea, you know, again, of connecting to a soul who was once in a physical body versus energies that are, you know, that are are part of consciousness, a different part of consciousness. Yes. Um, it really felt important to me to set the boundary. And so as I do the mediumship work, souls aren't allowed to come in just whenever they want. You know, I have to be the one that dials them up. And so I think the same process applies to anyone who wants to sit down and, and start to, you know, one of the most beautiful places to start is this accessing your spirit guides. Yeah. And, um, and asking them to show themselves or tell, tell us their name, you know, and just coming in, touching into that point of contact. And mm. when you set the boundary ahead that says, I only want to hear from my spirit guide or guides, mm. then you trust that that's, that's the boundary that's going to hold. And it opens space so beautifully for you yeah. to explore, you yeah. know, this other, this other connection. And I had, um, 
I had a lot of resistance to even my own uh, exploring my own intuitive knowing back, you know, when I first started like making the, the, the thought transition from gut instinct to, well, there's something else here because I was raised a very conservative religious background and it was told that from a young age that if I was connecting to source or God or souls or spirits or energies um, not not through the church, then I was somehow opening portals for evil and bad to come in. Mm. Um, and and so even though I had outgrown a lot of those old stories, when I sat down for the first time and said, "I really, I really want to know who my spirit guides are." I put, I like immediately was like building a brick wall at the same time. I'm like, I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. <laughs> And so funny was that what happened was that I started to get all these signs through other ways, like conversations in line at Starbucks, you know, like the people behind me were talking about something. And then all of a sudden they're like, my spirit guide, Benjamin. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That was for me. Yeah. You know, and, that's and great. Then like, like, so, like things like that would happen. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm ready. And sure enough, no one of my spirit guides, it's not named Benjamin. He calls himself Jimin. Um, ah. You know, it's such a fascinating experience when we let yeah. ourselves be led one little baby step at a time. Yeah. Like yeah. I said before, it's not a fake it till you make it and no. you can't force it. For most of us, <laughs> it's a right. journey. It takes a really, you know, so you have to trust and you have to be open. And so I wanted to ask you, what's the difference between an intuitive medium and a psychic medium? I would say nothing. Sometimes I call myself a psychic. Sometimes I call myself an intuitive. I think that the, for me, I try to use a lot of different descriptors because different people come from different backgrounds and different belief systems. And so one name or, or, um, you know, way of calling it might resonate, you know, or have a deeper understanding with someone than another. But to me, a psychic medium, an intuitive medium, a channel, it's really all, it's all the same type of thing. There's a bit of a stigma, I feel like, associated to this idea of a psychic who's got a crystal ball, who's got a tarot, you know, sitting there and... <laughs> yes, yes. And I will say that um, when I feel energetically that type of... Um, that type of energy coming from people, I, I actually tend to use the word psychic more in that, in that environment. And I'm not exactly sure why I get guided to do that. And so I'm, I feel in wholeness with it. Um, it just isn't, it isn't a word that was ever given to me to use, you know, as far as like describing the work that I do. Yeah. I guess it almost sounds more 80s, you know. Uh, it does. Yeah, <laughs> that's really yeah. what I mean. It's sort of more like, sort of, you know, there's this older word that, you know, because people have been um, channeling for a really long time, for, for centuries. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's sort of the word psychic became more trendy in the, in the 1980s when people were mm -hmm. really, you know, I think yeah. in the, coming out of a new age movement and becoming more known, people would go yeah. to psychics instead of psychic. You know, a yeah, a different name. So, yeah. Yeah, and pop culture has done such a, you know, such a job at, at creating the visual of what a psychic is, you know. Exactly, versus, and that's why I said the crystal ball. Because, yeah, yeah. Okay, this kind of, yeah. We storefront, have, charlatan. Yeah, kind of, New York yeah. City, down on the side, you know, total, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah. so let's come back and talk about um, the greater consciousness because it feels very much like they want people to really understand this time right now, you yes. know, and the fact that you're off, that you you've been offering these free Instagram channeling sessions as well, but also writing, putting it down there. They want you to know this. They want you to know this, and con- continually mm-hmm. reinforce that. So, like, it feels like that's what yep. they want to talk about today yeah. as well. Yeah, and the free the the free channeling that I do, it's actually not on Instagram, it's through Zoom. It was something that back at the beginning of the pandemic, I I was watching how people in healing coaching professions were shifting, you know, either creating uh, discounted rates or, you know, different things to provide service and I kept checking in and I'm like, is this, you know, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do something? And what I kept getting was just offer, offer something that people can come together in community and, and really hear what they need to hear about this time and space. Because I mean, 2020 has been such a time of evolution and it's changing and shifting so, um, you know, so quickly, even if we don't feel the change, even if we don't feel the shifting, it's happening. And, um, and it's, it's, it's magical, but it's also so good to come together in a community with people who are all in the same place of like wondering, but also tuning in deeper to their inner knowing. And, oh, it's just, it's just one of the most beautiful things I get to do every month. The, the, you know, the greater consciousness has been bringing through a lot of messages and the, and the idea is that it's not to convince somebody that, that life is different than what they think but it is an invitation to broaden the perspective that life can be this and. It can be, it can be uh, sorrowful and joyful. It can be anxiety provoking and peaceful. And mm-hmm. that it's really in how we choose to focus our attention that allows us to either open or close that connection to that peaceful, deeper grounding place within us. So, the, so they, I, they give me little snippets, which um, I, I call truth bombs. And, yeah, that. um, and that's what I share, you know, very often. And that, you know, not bombs in a explosive way, but like this, these truths that land in a way that if you're open to it can really shift and reconfigure yeah. some things within you. So I do, I love that so much. Um, well, also truth, spirit, um, spirit doesn't muck around. They're just like, no. nope, here, mm-hmm. here it is. You got to say it yeah. how it is. And, and we, and when we're receiving messages, we can, we have to choose. Do we just say it as bluntly as straight up as that? Or do we kind of yeah. soften it a little bit, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I used to call truth. it real talk. Yeah. yeah. I used to call it real talk. I'm like, okay, spirits here with some real talk, you know, yeah. and then it's kind of, transformed into these truth bombs, which I love. And I call myself a truth bomb dropper, you know, because I feel like that's part of the reason I'm here. And it's not in necessarily these, it doesn't have to be abrasive. You know, the greater consciousness is really, I mean, they give me the words that can present some real talk, some real raw, deep excavating conversation in ways that feel so loving and nurturing. Mm. And I think that's such a lovely balance too, right? That it doesn't have to be hit, you know, being hit upside the head with a baseball bat for us to get it. Like it, it, things can be said in ways that still get the point across, but also are 
filled with love and compassion. And that's really how the greater consciousness communicates through me almost, almost all the time. What would they like to share today with everybody? So the thing that the greater consciousness wants to communicate, and it's really important for, and no matter when people are listening to this podcast, that we're in the midst of a cycle of transformation. There's no drop, pin drop on a map or on a timeline that says, when we reach this date, things are going to shift and change. We are, we are already there shifting and changing right now. And it's, there is a lot in the collective, a, a holding breath or a waiting for this something to happen so that life can move forward again. And, and the greater consciousness is saying, life is moving forward, whether you are moving forward or not. And so we each individually and as a collective get to make the choice. How do I want to participate in life? Do I feel like I can start to open the door a little bit to explore the world around me again? And even if that's not a big, bold leap back into the world, right? Because there are people that are in so many different spaces as far as where they feel in the uncertainty, how they feel safe or not safe in the uncertainty that is this this life we're experiencing right now. But the invitation is to start to open the open the idea that the possibility for movement is there again. The greater consciousness is saying you can continue to wait, but there really isn't a point in time where shift is going to happen, that it's all about how we choose to take personal responsibility for our journey and where we decide we want to begin to shift. It's really in that coming into ourselves, into that inner knowing, and then acting from there. And each time that we're able as individuals and as a collective to act from that place of being in alignment with what the soul is is inviting us to do to explore to become we are in motion and it is all here right now in fact as we so often are told in the spiritual realm right all we have is the present and it is so true right now and will be true for really years and years and years to come because the one of the gifts that the pandemic brought to each of us, whether we can see it now or not, is the fact that we have always lived in a world that was uncertain and maybe in some ways feels unsafe. And yet we're able, we were able to before and we will be able to again, find the way to be a co-creator of as much safety and certainty as we can, while knowing that we are really on a fluid surface and not on solid ground as we've convinced ourselves of before. And the reason why that's so important is because as we come into deeper and deeper appreciation for both the beauty and the fluidity that is life as we know it, 
we can then feel much more confident and connected to go out and be our true selves, our, our growing, evolving selves in ways that is really magical. It's a, it's a gift, all that we have been through, all that may be coming. If we can shift our perspective to that this and that we were talking about a few minutes ago, we can see both the beauty and the, you know, and what we might deem to be negative at the same time and choose to focus where it feels best to us, where we can continue our forward motion. <clears throat> because each of us, whether consciously or unconsciously, is here for the purpose of evolution, to evolve our souls through all of the experiences, not just the good, deemed good ones, but all of them. And that really is the, the path that's being prepaved for each of us right now in this moment. And we'll be able to watch it unfold as the time moves forward beyond the end of 2020 and well beyond the end of 2020. Firstly, thank you and thank you, both you and the Greater Consciousness for sharing this important message, that important message with everybody, um, which ultimately my takeaway for that was being in the moment and really try to find joy in the moment. If you can choose between, as you said, uh, perhaps a negative scenario versus a positive scenario, choose the positive one because that's where we can move through the struggle you know learn yeah. to to kind of be in that aspect of the present so yeah. that was the, that was the big takeaway for me from from that um communication from then and i could see uh, a, a change an obvious shift in the way you act and look and your eyes how they are and you really look like you're receiving the the greater consciousness through your head coming through through entering into you and it's almost like you you light up you're already really lit up but it's like it even more it's like it um amplifies so i'd love for you to explain and describe to listeners what happens when you you feel them around you you feel they're ready to drop into your body and are you you still have control over your own being you're not mm -hmm. in this, you're not completely giving up your body. Correct. Correct. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a co-creative experience. Um, what I, and, and now be, it happens automatically, but as I was really learning to do this, it was, it was for me, the biggest piece was to work with my thinking mind Mm -hmm. And allow it to be present, right? I don't want, you call it ego, personality, whatever we want, to, whatever word we want to use for it. But I didn't want to make it go away. That's never been my, the way that I've been guided. But it's to allow the ego mind, the thinking mind to be present and an observer of what's happening, but to not be involved, you know, and, and it's, when I first started, I had to really consciously be like, nope, nope. You know, <laughs> I don't want to bring my opinion or my thoughts into it. I want to allow it to be a clear channel. I'm present. I definitely feel like um, I'm in my body. And yet I have almost no control over the words. It just yeah. comes. 
it's so there's no th you know how often when we're communicating we think about like what we're going to say and how we're going to say it and for me it's just it there's no thinking involved the words just come out and um sometimes i will also be having this dual conversation with with the greater consciousness because as i'm hearing the words coming out i'm i'm actually like my thinking mind goes really because if i'm and really you know and, and and maybe sometimes i'm saying hmm, i feel like i need to have different words to say it or it was a different way to communicate it and so there is this duality happening so my thinking mind gets to have a job but mm -hmm. it's not in the in the um getting in the middle of the communication but more in the I know that if my thinking mind is questioning something that it's hearing, then probably others are also, mm. um, you know, and especially when I'm in a group, a group setting, but it's also very interesting because I have a, a pretty solid, I call it an energy hygiene practice. Mm -hmm. So, and I've been working on this practice for many years. And so right after the channeling, I, as it's happening, I hear it. And after the channeling, I remember some of it. But an hour from now, I won't even like, I, I always look forward to some the podcasts and videos coming out so that I can go, oh, that's what, that's what was said it, because it's not mine, you yeah. know, and that it's the that. same way that mm -hmm, it's the same way that I practice in a one-on-one -on -one reading yeah, with a client. Yeah. yeah. So people will come to me six weeks, six months later, a month later, and yeah. they'll be like, the last time, do you remember the last time we met, you said this, this, and this, and I'm like. No, it's not personal, yeah. you know, but it wasn't my story to carry. Yeah, I understand. And, so, and not mm -hmm. your memories. It wasn't your life. Not my memory. Yeah, wasn't you, my, mm -hmm. It wasn't your experience. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. um, I do some healing work. I shared that with you. And I, when I mm -hmm. do sessions with my husband, who I've been married to for 23 years, <laughs> he's like, yeah. remember you said this? And I'm like, I don't. I really don't. I'm really sorry. Yeah. It wasn't like it was just, yeah. you know, th that was the message you needed. And mm -hmm. I, I remembered it for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I, I don't know, I have to write it down or tell you right away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because sometimes someone will say, oh, can you repeat that? I want to write it down. And I'm, I'm like, I can't, you know, I can, I let's see if the greater consciousness yeah. will say it again. And often when they do say it a second time, it, it's, they say it differently mm. because there's also something that if it didn't feel completely connected with the client, that they do bring it through a different way. But even when, because this is the other thing with the greater consciousness with my own personal experience is that I can be in any kind of conversation and then all of a sudden they go whoop and they're there, you know? And especially if I'm like offering some coaching to a girlfriend, let's just say. Um, and I, you know, and I just, I just, they come in and go as, as it's appropriate. Um, but, and knowing my boundaries, so they mm -hmm. only come in when it's like, but um, it's very interesting because then my girlfriend will be like, oh my gosh, say that again. And I'm like, it's gone. Like, it, I don't even know what I just said. Well, no, it was, <laughs> it was like when we were talking um, last week and, uh, and you said, okay, they have something to tell you now. <laughs> and and yeah. they shared. And so, but it, it's, it's really, it's great, you know, that yeah. um, I think when people perhaps haven't tapped, haven't honed these skills for themselves to understand yeah. how it works um, through other people. And that mm -hmm. just because we can't, it can't be seen doesn't mean it isn't, it isn't real. Right. 
And the one thing that I can share about the process, because it's always been kind of fascinating to my intellectual mind, is that I don't hear words. I don't let you know, um, there are some channels that actually will like hear a word, say a word, hear a word, say a word. I don't hear words. Everything comes through me as feeling, mm -hmm. including images. So one of the things we didn't talk about with the mediumship work that I do is that I actually can, though I don't see them physically standing there, I can describe personality, physicality, of a lot, you know, of the person who I'm connecting to in the mediumship channel. More the, but it's it, the energy. Are you feeling their energy? It, I, their energy, and then somehow, and this is the part that I just have accepted that it happens, and it happens in a split second. Like I said, I'm not. I don't think about it anymore. Um, that uh, it just translates energy into images in my mind's eye, feelings, words. Mm -hmm. All of it comes through, but it really comes through as a feel, a felt sense for yeah. me. And even that doesn't feel like it really gives a lot, <laughs> you know, except to, it's just every, everybody's, you know, inner knowing, inner wisdom, connection to energies comes different. Some people do hear words. Some people do, you know, get complete downloads, which happens to me also. Um, some people, you know, will, will you know, just see images. I, I knew this woman who was this amazing healer years ago and she could like sit there and be like, I'm watching the movie of your life. And she would like describe in pictures, like I see you sitting on your father's lap and yeah. you're holding a, you know, Tootsie roll in your hand, like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And she could see it. And it was just, you know, I've always been like, wow, that's so amazing. But that's just not the way that my, that I'm wired to, to receive, yeah. Yeah. right? You know, and none of it's right or wrong. It's just, it, you know, that's the beauty of this is that we each get to kind of see how we're wired to receive the information and yeah. then the trust it coming that way. Yeah, you know. it's, it's fascinating. It's so amazing. And it so really you is. work um, in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, because this mm -hmm. was definitely more of a group example that you might um, do with a, a lot of people or in a shared environment. When you work with one-on-one, -on -one, is, is it similar? Are people more coming to you for, for, to commune with a deceased loved one or figure out perhaps why they can't be in the right relationship or things like that? Uh, most people come with yeah, life, life questions. Very often, though, it, it really is this um, invitation where the greater consciousness comes through and channels a message that's specific for them. Um, they can ask questions along the way. Sometimes when someone comes to me and says, I just tell me who's around me, very often they hear from somebody that maybe they're not expecting or that they really don't, they, they really want to hear from grandpa and they get, you know, a friend from middle school. And so we'll do the reading with the friend from middle school who it's, a, it's still a very beautiful message. But then at the end, they'll say, I really wanted to talk to grandpa. And it's like, well, he was there too. But, the, but when you say, tell me who's around, the strongest energy that I sense is the one I channel first. Because I'm not making a decision in my mind like, mm. I think they want to talk to grandpa. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's really an interesting process in that mediumship space that, um, 
you know, might be different than how yeah. other people have experienced it. Well, that's good advice. So it, be assertive if you're going to do a, um, a one-on-one session with Amy so that you can get yeah. the result you're looking for and connect right. with the, the, the individual your, you, your heart desires, essentially. Yeah, they'll still get a beautiful session. But, you know, I, I try to tell mm-hmm. people up front, you know, if there's really someone on your heart that you want to connect with, let's start there. We can yeah. always explore who else might be around after. <laughs> but if you want to make sure in the limited time we have that you get to the person who you want to connect with, that's the best way to do it. Nice. So mm. the other thing I really wanted to, to mention was your two best-selling books. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because yes. they're really important to mention that you have mm-hmm. Closer to Paradise, A Mother's Journey Through Crisis and Healing, and your second best, well, actually, I should say your first best-selling book, Bold is Beautiful, Breakthrough to Business Strategy. So those are both great books that if people Thank are interested in, in learning more, that they should pick up those books from Amazon yes. or Barnes & Noble or directly from yeah, your website. My website. Is there anything that you want to share or that you feel we didn't cover that you'd like to add? The, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up is that, um, well, I guess two things. First is that I have a free video series on my website, which is called 2020, A Time of Evolution. And, and again, it's, it's really, it lives in perpetuity, right? It's just forever. Cool. It, it's so, it, the messaging is so good because it talks about, really, it, it was something I channeled at the beginning of the pandemic that it just has a longevity to it. The messaging mm-hmm. is so important. Um, and so that's going to stay on my website for, I think for a long time, because it's such a, it's so very succinct. It's an eight part, a couple of minutes each little snippets from the greater consciousness about this time in, in space and history of where we are. So that's, um, that's really the big, the big thing that's out there. But I also do host a, um, in addition to the free channeling, I host a twice monthly subscriber community, which includes it's a smaller community of people who've been, you know, who've been sort of doing this work for a while, but anybody's welcome. And it's a channeling of the greater consciousness. It's question and answer in a much more um, uh, sacred container because it's not a public, you know, it's not a public environment. Mm. Um, so that's uh, the information is on my website for that too. If people feel like they need a little extra support, it's, it's very, um, reasonable price wise and time spend wise. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And, but you also have courses, right? You do offer courses too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the courses I have is the, um, connecting into your intuition, which really is a, you know, a step-by-step how do you, to connect to or deepen the relationship that we were, as we were talking earlier about your, you know, with, with your inner being, with your inner knowing mm. and different ways, different tools, different processes to connect into the body, to that physical antenna we talked about, and then use that as a way to really start to uh, have that navigation support. Oh, beautiful. Okay, yeah. great. So yes, all you. of that information is on Amy's website, which is amywhite.co, right? So yep, it's C-O. C-O. It's amywhite.co, C-O. Yes. And again, on her website, you can find her two best-selling books, her courses, and her video, uh, 2020. And uh, anything, any other information that uh, you might like to seek is on her website. So yes. thank you. 
Yay. Thank you for being here today. Awesome. Thank you.